Welcome to a super edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good buddy, your good pal, a sharp dresser, Amigo Aaron, joined by Slob. It's the Brent. Where'd you get, where'd you get that shirt? I'm just regular con. Where'd you get that shirt, dude? Looks like you got a little stain on there. <laughs> oh, God. What? My, my drink's a little drippy. <laughs> For you folks that are listening on a podcast, Brent's a slob. He looks slovenly over there in his secret lair. Listen, I have worked for 10 consecutive hours. <laughs> yeah. I, I come home, and Aaron's like, oh, it's showtime. I'm like, ah. Oh. <laughs> well, I don't think I said it that dopely. But you listen, did. You, you absolutely did. You can't say it dopely enough when you're looking at, bam, the super Akon, or Akon, or Con. That's what we're taking on this week. The Taiwanese console. Taiwan's gift to the gaming world. The Super Acon. Now, Brent, before we get to... Can I I re-gift this gift? No, no, you may not. Uh, Before we get too heavily into everyone's favorite Taiwanese uh, console, what do you know, or what did you know before this came up on the wheel about the Super Acon? Zero. In, in fact, less than zero. Not only did I not think this exists, when I heard about it, I thought I was like, "No, nah, that that's not real." <laughs> so I, 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 I negatively heard of this. You know, after investigating this console, I'm still not convinced it's real. <laughs> after attempting to play it, my, I'm still not convinced it's real because this was one of those weeks we have here on ARG where we're punished repeatedly for attempting to play something that's too obscure for everyone, and that's what the Super Acon was. But we're gonna. We're going to give you what we got here as best we can. So, again, this was a... The this, best we can? Yeah, the best we can. So, the the, the Acon, uh, or Super Acon, if you will, was uh, a console that was produced in Taiwan in 1995 by an outfit called Funtech. All right? Funtech, uh, as if you go up the chain, is a subsidiary of a sub-this, of a... It's a small part of a huge company who's a big deal in Taiwan, big electronics company. Yeah, uh, and, like, and when we say electronics, we mean, like, surface stuff. Yeah, it's a big, not, it's not a big like deal. Not like we sell TVs. So they they had some kind of jack that they brought to the table. Uh, it turns out, this may stun you, the Brent, but uh, gaming was a pretty big deal in Taiwan in the mid-'90s. And uh, the people over there at FunTech said, hey, we're going to get us a little bit of that action. We can make a console. How hard could it be? And so they slapped one together. What you what they ended up with was a console with the old standard in it, the old Motorola 6800. Keep in mind that this is 1995, so the 6800 was getting long in the tooth. But they uh, souped one up. They put a 10.73 megahertz uh, Motorola 6800 in there, or 68,000, if you will. My bad. 6800 would be really old. And <laughs> 256K uh, of SRAM. And you were good to go with this bad boy. It took cartridges, uh, the maximum size of a cartridge, uh, 112 meg, and this thing had a built-in SRAM of 64K. Two control pads rounded out the deal. If you look at these control pads, Brent, when you see them, what do you think of? I think, wow, the Super Nintendo and the Genesis had a small little <laughs> controller baby. It looks like, and I'd say, uh, uh, it looks like maybe it also a PC gaming controller got in the mix there because it looks like, <laughs> it, you know, remember that he contr- was delivering the milk that day. We'll remember that controller that. I got when I bought Super Street Fighter? It came with the, also came with the movie. That's what that reminds me of. Just kind of generic looking 
Super Nintendo slash Genesis controller. Uh, and uh, it also was a, a, a nine-pin connector, but not compatible with the uh, Genesis. They had that monkey yeah. with it to make sure that didn't happen. Uh, this thing had uh, RF and composite video. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, think about that, folks. Yeah, <laughs> believe it or not, RF video in '95. Hey, listen, as long as the Jaguar is still walking around, you're gonna have to put that composite. Are you gonna put that RF in there? Anyway, this thing, uh, eventually they removed the RF, uh, allegedly, yeah. in the later models to reduce cost. What'd that save them? A couple bucks? Come on, give me a break there. So, when this thing came out, they had high hopes. Uh, but the hopes were dashed quickly when it failed horribly, horribly. And eventually, uh, Funtech lost around an estimation of $6 million U.S. dollars on this bad boy. Uh, it had a ton of games that, well, not a ton. But it had a bunch of games that were ready to go, but ultimately, literally half of their library did not uh, get released. Uh, yeah. They they had a total of 12 release games. I'm going to go over them just for fun, because there are so few. Uh, we looked at two of these, by the way. You've got African Adventures, uh, which was a puzzle game. Something called CUG, which is platformer. No, African Adventures was a board game. Uh, well, there you go. It, it, I didn't play it, did you? I don't know. what It says here, no, Mono- it, it it's is. kind of a Monopoly a- in Africa. It, it, it's a it's yeah it's a it's a board game uh uh that was uh, let's just say you couldn't release it nowadays oh that kind of day then you had no uh, not not from sexy time no it, I, from uh, uh yeah, I, politically I motivated time yeah i get the picture there uh form formosa duel which is listed as a puzzle uh, i'm gonna i'm not gonna mention the ones we did the son of evil which that's also uh, that's a that's chinese and Cantonese for brent uh, the Son of Evil, which is an RPG. Speedy Dragon, a platformer. Super Taiwanese Baseball League. So that'd be kind of cool to have. And I saw this cartridge for sale, so it's around, uh, which is a sports title. Of course, Gambling Lord. <laughs> That's, I love that name. Uh, guess what well, that all is? The, the names for the system were great. <laughs> Gambling Lord Mahjong, unfortunately. Then you've oh. got a, Re- a Rebel and Super Dragon Force, which are both uh, RPGs. And lastly, Magical Pool. Magical Pool. Sounds pretty good. And then looking over the unreleases, I'm going to go through all these. But you've got a lot of uh, more shoot 'em ups That sort of thing. You got to see a simulation there. A simulation called Dinosaur War. I'd kind of be into that. That sounds pretty good. Uh, but how about this one? Woman Guerrillo. That sounds pretty good. That's like a shooter that didn't get released. So a Demon Island. So the things that didn't get released sound better than what they got released. Let's talk about playing the console this week, uh, Brent. Well, I'll, no, no, I, I want to back up for a second. Okay, go ahead. There's there's some story here that needs to be told. There is? Okay. Yes. This console, uh, what it, they tried really hard to make uh-huh. this a, a good console, but they, they did what every newcomer... Uh, seems to do in the console business. And it, they said, we're going to do everything a little bit better than what's already out there. Uh, and they copied so much. They copied the, the button layout to the Super Nintendo. They uh, uh, The add-ons for this system, it was going to have a 32X style cartridge port add-on. Yeah, well, that uh, would have really put it over. It worked great for the 32X. <laughs> and, and the they and even from the games they said okay 
we we they had a Sonic type game, uh, and they had uh, a couple platform type games. All the games that were for the system were they weren't clones of other games, but they were heavily influenced by things that were already on the market. And that is, in my opinion, where they had the biggest failure with this. Well, two things. I'll get to the other one here in a second. I want to talk about the price real quick, since we're, well, before we leave. I, I will the... get there. <clears throat> this You're killing uh, me console, here. they didn't try to do anything new. They didn't try to do anything new. And ultimately, ultimately, piracy, which was the exact thing they were trying to overcome, is what killed this. And it wasn't piracy for the Super Akon. It was piracy that people could get better games elsewhere for cheaper. Oh, so, I see. Well, I was wondering talk- where you were going, because that's true. Yeah. They didn't pirate these games. No, they didn't. But what's the point of playing, uh, you know, The Son of Evil, as cool a name as that sounds, when you could play what The Son of Evil was based off of pirated for cheaper on the console you already owned they expected the market to say listen this console was made in our home country uh we should support it because of that and when you do that that's a great notion that's a great thought but put into practice it did not work because it was too expensive even though it was crazy cheap the technology was two years too late they thought that the technology was never wasn't going to advance as fast as it did, so they didn't try to future proof it at all. They tried to go with what was already on the market. Uh, also, for the con- for the Super Nintendo and the Genesis were that were still on the market, these developers and uh, uh, publishers were at their absolute prime for these systems, which meant they were ringing out next-gen quality games on the current-gen technology because their developers had all this, you know, years and years of experience. And then when the Super Akon came along, they didn't have any experience. So it was all starting back to square one. It's stuff like that. That's avoidable uh, outcomes. Everyone should know that these type of things are going to come up, and uh, they just didn't. They, They... tried to be just another copycat, and it it bit him in the butt. It was a huge disaster. Well, you know, you mentioned that thing came out later than they anticipated. They, yeah. I think the main reason for that, it was harder to make a console than they anticipated. Absolutely. So it took longer than they thought. I looked at some of the games on this, and some of the games, I mean, the, the crew that had programming was minuscule. In some cases, which we'll get to, less than two. So there's, there's you're really taking some weird uh, steps uh, to get ready for a console, and then, uh, something you mentioned piracy. You're not wrong. And one of the funny things about the Super Acon that I read is that a lot of people see it and think it's a bootleg Super Nintendo yes. because there were so many bootleg Super Nintendos and bootleg Genesises and bootleg Mega Drives out there that every and so what they were like, wait a minute, this plays its own stuff. Like who knew? You know, yeah. that's not <laughs> that's not good either when that happens. So yeah, you've got m- and that's multiple the environment. Problems. That is because this was re- released in Taiwan, uh, where the piracy over there is rampant, especially at this point in, in the history of gaming. Uh, and it is unfortunate that 
they didn't get any hometown support to, for people to go out and buy this console. I understand why, and I'm not saying that people were wrong not to support this, but it's sad that, that these people were trying to do the right thing, and ultimately, what they were trying to overcome is what initially, or what eventually led to their downfall, which was they were trying to say, hey, we're not pirating this, this is our own thing, and why, like I said, why play a, pir- a non-pirated version when the pirated version's better? I'll, to put this in perspective, I just want to say two more things here before we get to the emulation. One, this was selling for uh, around, it was somewhere in the ballpark of 100 U.S. bucks. Given Now, given the time this was released, it would probably be a larger number. Uh, and then secondly, this was released in October, October 25th of 95, and discontinued, uh, it was discontinued in April of 96. Yeah. So it literally did not make it a year. This console yeah. was discontinued to be on the on the rack for about seven, eight months. So and, the fact that it had twelve it games is remarkable. And it came out with a second version in that time where yeah. they removed the RF switch. Yeah. So this was a double doomed a console. Now, so console hose, we got that part. Now let's talk about playing the games on this. All the games in existence, as far as I could tell, have been dumped. Okay. Yeah. I have. I didn't see a thing that said some of these games were rarer than others. I'm sure they're all pretty rare. And we'll get to the eBay here in a minute. But it. I know. I saw cartridges going for ridiculous money. Okay. So they were clearly this thing was is tough to get hold of these days. And the system is available if you're willing to play the game. And the game is spending thirteen hundred bucks or more for a system. I saw the joysticks yeah. for the say the gamepad's going for a uh, hundred bucks and selling for that. I saw the game selling routinely for big money. So yeah. to get to play this game with a real with a real system, good luck. Now that much said, someone on our Discord was talking about his friend who had collection of this stuff and also had a collection a of the game. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I don't know if you get it on the ground floor or just has a bunch of cash uh, for whatever it's worth. Now. Emulation on this is through Mame. <clears throat> to say the emulation's spotty wouldn't be uh, would be uh, close, but I mean this we almost didn't play this one. This one, yeah. our choices were incredibly limited on this, and we really played the only two games that I could get to, and one of those, which was mine, was is we'll get into. But. Brent's game, I will say, the one you picked played, for me, every time without problem. It's the only one. Yeah. It's a lot like a couple weeks ago. We had the exact same problem. We just we, It limited our choices, but we wanted to get it in because it's such a wacky system. There's so little on it. So we thought we'd go ahead and give it a shot, and we did manage to play these games. And luckily for me, the game that I picked ended up uh, having a second version. Actually, there were two other versions, which we'll get into. But Which is very common for this system. In fact... Uh, the game I picked uh, is exclusive to the console 100% to my knowledge. I don't know if it existed anywhere else. Well, since you mentioned it, Brent, let's just jump right in here. and, t- and right. we'll, we'll let you uh, lead the dance today with the game. Uh, what did you pick this week? I went with the only game I could get to work reliably, <laughs> and that is Boom Zoo. Boom Zoo. Boom Zoo. Uh, another fantastic name. Although I do like some of its other names get better. Uh, this game is known by a few different names. 
Uh, one of them being, oh boy, I'm going to butcher this, Bio Bio Dung Wai Jian. Uh, but my extreme favorite is Explosive Burst Zoo. I don't I I want to go not, to the. I don't want to visit that one. That I want to go to the Explosive Burst Zoo, that's, Mama. That sounds da- dangerous <laughs> and messy. Is what that sounds like. Uh, this game was uh, developed by FunTech, which is the same people who put out the console. You'll find that to be a very common theme uh, among games that actually made it to market. So what is Boom Zoo? Well, Boom Zoo is Bomberman. Yes. And I don't mean it's kind of like Bomberman. No. I mean it is 100% Bomberman. All of the same power-ups you're used to where you can lay down more bombs or you can make your bomb explosions larger. Uh, you can kick the bombs, all that sort of stuff. Uh, now, the Super Akon only had two joystick ports. So I, I don't know of any four-player adapter. This game did not look like it would play four players. You could play multiplayer. You could do two players at the same time. Uh, however, Bomberman, I don't know how your history of it, Aaron, but it is most fun when played with as many people as the game will allow to just have this crazy uh, uh, manic gaming session. This is not what this is. This is a story-based uh, mission, and, it, and I use story in the loosest term. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it does go far enough to have several different stages, different stage layouts. It does have toys on certain stages. For example, uh, I think the first one you come to is a train in the middle of the board. Uh, the enemies are colorful and well-animated, uh, you have every, and it's all fairly nonsensical enemies like ducks or cars or uh, uh, pogo stick men, um, and they all have their own unique movements or how much damage they could take. You also have enemies that can actually drop their own bombs. Uh, not a foreign concept in the Bomberman range, but not something you see on all of the clones like this. Um, I mean, there's unfortunately, there's not a whole lot to say. What makes this a Boom Zoo game is you play as different zoo animals. Uh, you can pick between a pig, a tiger, a panda, or a a raccoon, or bear. Probably bear. Bear, raccoon, whatever. Same thing, right? Um, all of them play the exact same. Their beach balls is what you actually use as a bomb. You don't have bombs. You have beach balls. And their beach balls vary in color. Uh, otherwise, they're the exact same. It, is the game fun? I mean, it's 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 story mode Bomberman. If that's your thing, I mean, it plays a pretty decent game of, of Bomberman, right? It has all the power-ups you'd expect. It's the same... Uh, you know, you have to destroy all the objects to find the exit, and you have to destroy all the enemies to open the exit. Uh, you know, if you die, you lose your power-ups, and you have to go all the way back to starting with the little crappy bombs. It literally did nothing new in that regard that I was able to find. It does have boss battles, uh, which is another thing that's nice. And the, the boss that I got to, uh, which is actually on the screen right now, is like a... a bulldozer type vehicle heavy equipment 
and it just rolls around the screen, and you lay down bombs and hit it, and eventually you do enough damage to it, and it explodes. Uh, from video I watched, all of the bosses are basically the same. Um, all, they all have some kind of little gimmick, but it's it's nothing earth-shattering. But they're incredibly well-animated. They're incredibly huge. I mean, when you get to a boss, you know you're the boss because it takes up, you know, a fifth of the screen. It ignores all the normal rules where it can it has to go into the lanes. It just goes over top of all of them. Um, and the game is very colorful and vibrant and well-animated. But it's still, at the end of the day, it's still single-player single Bomberman. And for me, that just offers no excitement. Aaron, what did you think of this one? Well, I know it's obviously it's got a, you can play two players, obviously. So there's it's yes. not just single player. There's, you can play two. No, people. but no, no. But when I say you're not going to play this as a party game, you can't play party two player Bomberman. That would be the <clears throat> most sad uh, uh, event of a gaming party there is. No one wants to play that. Well, I will say this. If, my my disdain for Bomberman is pretty well known because this this game haunts me. In, in anything I do, Bomberman's around for some reason. And so when I saw what you picked, I'm like, oh man, here we go. With all that said, of all the Bomberman games I've been forced to play, this one was the least painful to me. You get to pick cute character. I always pick the tiger, by the way. He's my guy. And it's cute. It's cute as all get out. And I found that now, keep in mind... Uh, through emulation, I, we've got no sound, so I had to go hear what the game sounded like in other, uh, from other sources, you know. Uh, it's a sound, and by the way, I, I find the sound in the Super Acon to be not that great, all right? Just, I mean, I didn't think it was all, I didn't think they had the best sound. Middle of the road, but, yeah. It's... I mean, it's not on the Super Nintendo level or the Genesis level. It's a step below. Uh, with all that said, I thought this game played pretty well. I'm yeah. not the big bomber guy, bomberman guy like you guys are, you know. I, I'm not and at so, all for this and, type. And so I hadn't seen some of the concepts introduced in here. I got to, the, I actually got to pass that boss uh, that you got yeah. to. Uh, and yeah, I got past them. I like the idea. There were there's levels uh, where, I mean, there's a there's levels where you just run around. Then there's levels where the other animals drop stuff. Like there's a duck that lays eggs that are bombs. Like, yep. You know, yep. and there's stuff that hops around that's bombs. And then you don't really lay bombs. It's more like I don't know, like a it's just like a, a some it's kind a of like ball. a it's like a pokey ball or something. Yeah, it's a beach ball. <clears throat> and then on top of that, uh, I I thought it was very colorful and pretty. Uh, I yeah. liked the way the stuff moved. It was well animated. The levels. There's this level where these trains are going by. Like I've never seen that in the bomber. Now I know there's a million bomberman games. I haven't seen any of them hardly. <laughs> so I've never seen a lot of the stuff that maybe you've seen that you're used to, but for me, it was sort of new. I mean, I will say the power-ups didn't seem like any great shakes that I hadn't seen before. You know, you get more balls, you get this, that, but, uh, uh, or they do more damage. You know, the usual shtick. But I thought, this, biggest... I thought it was cute, and I, I should say, I thought this this actually was pretty impressive, if you want my opinion. This, this is the greatest compliment I could give this game. <clears throat> if this was on the screen, and someone said, hey, Brent, this is like, Bomberman for the Neo Geo, I would say, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. This would this Which, could be on any 16-bit system without any problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that is that is no fooling. That is a straight-up compliment. Uh, yeah. From the games I looked at and the the handful of games I was actually able to play 
this is by far the best game on the on the uh, Super Icon. Yeah, I, I I was really impressed. I mean, now with now with all that said, it's drag. It's the same game that I don't like, which is Bomberman. So it plays pretty much the same. But like I said, I found it more tolerable than most. Uh, now, of course, like you said, everyone loves the multiplayer. <clears throat> Who knows if they ever play in some sort of gimmick for this? I'm guessing they don't. It's the way the screen's set up. It looks like it's always set up to to uh, handle two players at once. Two players, yeah. And so, uh, and maybe I don't know how big a deal um, that like four or eight player multiplayer would have been in like Taiwan. Some countries are more into the big huge parties than others, you know. But uh, I think that this was a perfectly acceptable game. Also, I will say there was a certain delight and glee that got me into this game by the fact that I turned on the emulator and it started and played without me to do anything. So that <laughs> that that earned that earned my my respect as well. Um, now, Aaron. Yeah. I I I I want to blow your mind. Okay, please. I, I want to blow your mind. This has recently sold on eBay. Uh, did you look up prices? I did. I didn't see this one. I did not see this one having sold. So you must have saw something I didn't. Okay. This recently sold on eBay. Okay. Now I will give it high marks. It says that it was brand new sealed. Okay. What Aaron in U.S. dollars do you think that Boom Zoo sold for? Well, you know, I I'm going to consult my little reference here just because I I priced another cartridge. So I'm going to try to guess. Having looked okay. at, looked at uh, eBay for another cartridge, so let me find my numbers here. Um, I think okay, so I looked at a, I saw a cartridge sell for five hundred eighteen dollars. Okay, and okay. I think the cartridge was rarer than this one, so I'm going to put this one firmly in the three hundred dollar range. This sold less than two weeks ago. Yeah, for one thousand seven hundred and twenty-six dollars and five cents. Okay, wow. So what have we learned? Maybe it's that's the this might be the best game on the system and commanded a higher price. It could be the rarest game on the system. Who knows? Yeah, you know, that's that's crazy. We might as well get into it while we're talking about this. I looked up what the systems were going for. Okay, and All right. you said how much did you said that sold for the game. $1,726. Right. So the game was actually going for more than the system. Uh, I saw I know I saw no one that had that had bought one of these. Okay? So I didn't have any reference for what they were selling for, but I saw a guy that was trying to sell one that came with the baseball game and one controller. He was asking $1,200 or best offer. So your mileage may vary, but that tells me that the that game must be either that guy's really tried to get lucky. Or he uh, he might be on to something there. Of course, if it's sold for that, you know, it, it, yeah, it, it is what it is. Yeah, completed auction. That's yeah. crazy. Uh, we did get a review on this, Brent, if you're interested. So Absolutely. Our buddy, our buddy Pajaco. First of all, Pajaco chimes in to say the Super Acon feels like one of those TP plug-in games. It's about 5,000 games that you can get from various retailers. It's not a bad thing by any means because some of the games in the system actually look quite fun. An interesting footnote in history... But I hope the ACAN gets an FPGA core at some point, as I would like to explore the games a little more. That would be great. I want everything to get a core. Please, I'm begging you. Do us a favor here at ARG Presents Core, people. Um, <laughs> Pajaka went on to review Boom Zoo, and he says, Thankfully, Boom Zoo, being one of the only playable games, is actually a pretty competent and playable Bomberman clone. 
Graphics are nice and colorful and sound from listening to the videos on YouTube. Hits all the marks. It's lacking any speed or sense of peril that Bomberman has, and each character and or enemy will drop differently shaped explosives, which, if you are not watching out for, will catch you off guard. I initially thought they were pickups and promptly got blown to smithereens. I did not do that because I saw Pajako's review before I played the game. A fun game and probably a good one to play with friends when it becomes fully playable, but nothing to write home about. Six out of ten. Six I think out that's of 10. very fair. I don't know if I would have went all the way to a six. I think I was more in the five range for this game. And I'm I would certainly say if uh if you are going to go down the path of emulating Super Akon games, uh you have to do this one because it's A, it's one of the few that work. And B, like I said, I do believe uh, unless you can speak uh, uh, another language, this is by far the most playable and enjoyable Akon Akon game I played. I, I I'm going to agree with you there. Uh, so that was uh, that was Brent's game this week, the wacky uh, zoo, boom zoo. Uh, I had to go in another direction because once again we had effectively two games that we could try, but luckily I was actually looking at this game. Uh, before we picked. So I, I guess I got sort of lucky. Uh, the game I chose is a game that has a history, that's for sure. It's called Songo Fighter. Now, it's funny, Brent. You know, I'm an old DOS guy from way back. <clears throat> you are so, old. That's right. Well, you don't have to say it. And uh, and so when Songo Fighter, when I saw Songo Fighter as a pickable game, I thought to myself, wait a minute, I vaguely recall that. And sure enough, uh, this is a game that I saw uh, back in the day on the DOS machine. It was in, I think it was recent 93, and it was a public domain game that made the rounds. I never got into it, but apparently, from what I've been reading this week, a lot of people consider this a really great game. I don't remember, I mean, it didn't, I, I loved fighting games, and I had a DOS machine, but I don't remember picking up on this. So I don't know how it, got, it flew past me on the radar. Uh, this was on the on the uh, Super Acon this was published by Funtech, but developed by Panda Entertainment Technology, which Panda also developed the uh, the public domain game. Yeah. Uh, they were a Taiwanese game developer uh, that were working in the 90s, and this was their Sango Fighter and Sango Fighter 2 were the most well-known titles. I looked at their offerings. They were all in... Uh, they were all in in Chinese, or I couldn't understand what they were. There was only right. about seven, except for Sango Fighter 1 and 2. And... Uh, in 2012, all of Panda's back catalog was a th- uh, was bought by an outfit called Super Fight Team, uh, which were which have developed uh, games based on their material. I uh, don't. It's hard to differentiate what was what, but I did play the DOS version of this a lot. Uh, thankfully, uh, it helped because this game was only sort of playable, and I'll get into that. So, if you're if you're planning on giving this a shot. Uh, when it comes on the screen, you basically have to start tapping the one at the right time. It's difficult. It's difficult as hell to get it to start uh, because you'll see that panda logo come up and it'll go dark. And for the longest time, I didn't think it was startable, but I kept fooling with it. And eventually, I got this to start a grand total this week of three times, three times. And so, uh, luckily, I, that was enough time to run through the game. I beat the game on DOS and on the on the Acon. Uh, and uh, they are definitely different games. They're the same game, yeah. but different. Uh, so when you boot this up on the Super Acon, uh, you're, you're, uh, the menu that pops up gives you three options. I believe the options that it gives you 
on the Super Acon are one player, two player, and uh, and the third one is options. I know the top one is one player. I know the bottom one is options. Uh, the options it gives you are are not what I would call uh, uh, huge. It lets you p- pick, uh, you, you set up your joysticks. This joysticks are four button, light and heavy punches and kicks. You also can set up the difficulty and you can turn the timer on and off, which I set the difficulty to idiot and turned everything else off uh, to, to get this to go. <clears throat> um, this is where the first difference between the version I played on DOS and this uh, is, is that the DOS version of this has a what's called a story mode, and the story mode is actually the best part of this game. You could consider this a, a combination review, because I played both, so I'm going to talk about the DOS version and the Acon version. Uh, the 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 uh, story mode takes you through a, like all this game is is based in Chinese history. I guess we should get into what this is before we get into what it does. So, um, this game takes place in like basically the feudal uh, like a feudal era of of, of China, and it's <clears throat> I didn't get too deeply into the story, but from what I've been from what I've read, all the characters in this are actually. Uh, you know, legitimate people from from the from the era that that is being show, uh, talked about. Remember that game? I think it was called uh, uh, Romance of the Three Kings or something like that for the NES. Yeah. Am I getting that right? This is based on the same thing that that is. All right. So if you played that game, this is the this also is of that basis. Okay. Uh, there's a ton of characters, but you can only play five characters to start off. Uh, you actually, when you when you play this on the DOS version, when you play this on the Super Acon version, you get to play all the characters, but there's no story mode, so that kind of sucks. Uh, there's a ton of guys, and this unlike games where like I can be like, here's Blanca and here's Chun Li. These guys have names like Guan Yi and Zhang Fei and Zhao Hun, and so there's a just <laughs> there's a ton of those names. I'm not going to go into each of the different the different character names. I'll discuss the ones I liked. Uh, when you pick a character, it gives you a choice of five, and the, the uh, or, uh, in the story mode on DOS, you get five. I'm going to go into the story mode first before I go back to the Super Acon to keep this simple. In the in the story mode of Sangha Fighter on DOS, what you do is you pick one of these five characters, and then you go through a series of battles, okay? And it'll be like the Battle of Mount Point, and the Battle of the, the Shrine, Okay. The very first battle you go into, your guy will you'll pick one of your five guys, you'll go on the screen, and you'll fight like a geek. A soldier geek will come out with about half his strength and you crush him. And then the actual boss guy will come out. So what happens is you go through the games, the bosses have more and more geeks that come out to fight you before to soften you up. And eventually right. you get to where the geeks come out in between like there's no rounds in this. You just basically beat the tar out of the guy, and eventually he leaves, and the geek shows up, and you kill the geek like a guard. And the geek, the, even the guards get a little better. And then the, the other guy will come back with the same energy he left the screen with, and you try to finish him off. If you lose the battle, then you've got to bring in another of your five guys, and that one guy's gone forever. He's gone. He's dead. And so if you get through the game, uh, you have to have at least one guy left to beat the final, the final guy. All right, and he has he has a bunch of geese to come out before you fight him. All right, and at the end of it, you get to see him be, uh, get him his, get his head chopped off. Pretty good, and I like that. 
and so that's how the battle mode goes. I actually thought this was a pretty clever concept, to be honest with you. It's sort of like, I don't know, like Karotica or something, where they just send out some hired goons until you get to actually fight the main guy, okay? So and that's the way the DOS story mode is. Now, the the DOS and the Super Akon, like, battle mode are pretty much the same. You get to choose from all the guys, right? So I think there are 12 guys in the game, and, that, and what you're choosing from are all the main guys that you can play, plus another, uh, actually 10 guys, plus another 5 guys, that, the guys that you beat in story mode, okay? That's why I wanted to talk about story mode, because since they don't have story mode in Sango Fighter and Super Akon, you've got no context to know who these other guys are. They just You just get 10 guys, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, the 10 guys are, uh, once you just play a battle, it's just one or two player battle, and you fight, just like any other fighting game. You've got a health bar at the top, you've got like a super move bar that fills up as the fight goes on, and you've got a timer, and you've got two pictures up there. Just like, I mean, it's as standard as you get. Now, here's a second uh, difference between the PC version and the Super Akon version. The Super Akon version uh, of this game has the screen set up differently uh, because the, they've moved the bars. So I looked into this because uh, no one's talking about this game. Okay, so this was all, this is Aaron research. If you're watching the video, you can see on the left, the Super Akon has its fighting stuff. But the, uh, it's sort of like a standard fighter. And on the right, the DOS version has uh, its, its bars at the bottom. There was a several year gap between when these games were released. And so what I'm guessing is that the people that put them together just updated the Super Akon version. Something else you're going to find out is that the Super Akon version, despite the fact that it has no story mode, the graphics are better than the than the DOS port, which was funny to me. Uh, I looked at both, and you can see the stuff they added, like the special effects for like fireballs and uh, and like uh, special moves look more interesting. The shadows look better. In some levels, you will see some I would say moderate like a layer layer scrolling in the background. And then on occasionally in a few levels you'll even see guys in front of the battle. You know, like uh just like items in Street Fighter Two would appear in the front of the battle, you know, like yeah. uh a a crowd or whatnot. It there's a couple of screens where you see a crowd that's that is standing in front of the people that are fighting. And it, now <clears throat> is this thing uh, I'm trying to think of what I would equate this to. Is it Super Nintendo level Street Fighter 2 graphics, no, it's not. However, if this would have came out, if I'd seen this in 93 for DOS, I would have been pretty impressed with this because of the amount of characters and the amount uh, and the story mode that was unique. The controls on this are pretty good. Uh, the, the I think that Super Akon controls, I mean, again, having emulated it, uh, I thought the controls, it seems to run slow, but I think that's emulation. I had to put, I had to turn up the skip a little bit to get it to run in a deep. I'm guessing you did the same thing, Brent. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, but, the frames of animation are radically different between the two games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and but uh, the Super Akon I thought was a prettier game. And there's, like I said, there's more stuff moving around. So I'm going to assume that that the Panda folks, like uh, you know, jacked it up a little bit to, when they released it on Akon for whatever reason. I read, now you can take this with a grain of salt, okay? Uh, and I read this a couple different places, including Moby, that 
only one guy worked on this port. <laughs> Which wow, that might explain why they jettisoned the uh, the uh, uh, story mode. If the story mode is in here, I could not find it in my ability, my limited no, time. No, uh, it's not. It's yeah, not. Uh, it, it as far as I could tell, it just you got those three options, and they jettisoned the the best part of the game. Uh, so, uh, with all that said, which one should you play? Well, if you want it, well, first of all, your choices are none. Go play the DOS version. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but if you're if you're a sadist and you want to literally reboot Mame 30, 40 times and, and to get lucky one every, every ten times, then you could give this a whirl. I mean, I'm glad I got to look at it. It is a good looking game, uh, but it's, I mean, it, it, there are better fighters than this. Panda, of course, went on to release uh, Song, Song of Fighter 2, which I didn't look at. I had a feeling someone in the line to have a look at it. But I believe that they've that the new team, the fight team guys, have even got newer versions that have, like, ultimate versions with like all the guys playable. They may... I read that this either had or would or was on Steam. So you could give that a, a whirl at your leisure. But I thought it was interesting... That, that that it was an updated version. So for once, the Super Acon can say it bested someone in terms of a game. What did you think? First of all, Brett, did you play the DOS version or heard of it? And what did you think of this version? No, I didn't play the DOS version. I knew that it existed just from my research of, yeah. of on this. Um, first off, this, like you said, this was a bear to emulate. Yeah. Uh, I, it sounds like I had better luck starting the game than you did. But my crash rate during the game was off the charts. Oh, mine crashed uh, every time. That ended every one of my games with a crash, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I I would literally pick a fighter, play, beat maybe one. If I was super lucky, I would beat two guys, and then that was it. It mm. was back to restart town. Yeah. Uh, is this game worth that kind of headache? Oh, my, no. Absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah. It. Now, if you played this uh, on DOS, you know you didn't have to have that sort of headache. It's a it's a middle of the road fighter. Uh, I didn't think that the the flash was there to make it necessarily interesting. Uh, it seemed to try to go. I mean, it wasn't true to life because I mean people had fireballs and, and crap like that, but it was. Um, uh, uh, nothing special in that regard. I never, ever filled up a super bar. Did you? No, I, and I don't know what how to what how to make it work or what they do. Yeah. So I have the the ultra super moves. I have no idea about. They might be spectacular. Uh, uh but I I certainly wasn't pulling them off. The regular, you know, in the game fighting moves, they were okay. Uh, the punches and kicks, they were okay. Depending on if your guy had a, a, a long weapon or a, a short weapon kind of dictated your fighting style, I definitely found that you could cheese the AI, at least all the AI opponents that I could fight, which was, like I said, if I got through two guys, it was a miracle. Um, maybe the AI gets better, I don't know. I never went to the options menu, I didn't see a point, I just tried to play for as long as I could when I was able to get in. Um, so I really, I don't feel comfortable saying you should or shouldn't play this game. Just know if you're playing it on the Super Recon, 
you are in for a world of hurt. World of hurt. And that's not because of the game, it's just because of the emulation. The emulation. Uh, couple of little couple of little tidbits uh before I shut it down on Sango Fighter. Uh, well, don't this, forget, we have a Discord review. Oh, I'm not. Well. No, I haven't forgotten. Um, when this was originally uh, sent out for the PC, uh, they there was a deal that was almost made with Apogee to license this game and release it in the U.S. under the name Violent Vengeance, which is a... <laughs> that's a vengeance right there with the Violent Vengeance. Well, when is, when is your vengeance nice and cuddly? <laughs> yeah. Uh, also... Uh, Apparently, there was an unlicensed port of this game uh, that was released for the Master System with the name Sangakushi. And it was a, uh, which I haven't seen or heard of. Uh, so that might be fun to, to look into. And I, it, it surprised me that a port, that a, someone would illegally port this, but what the heck. Uh, it, uh, you know, I'm guessing that the if a one guy did this conversion, because I don't think this is a conversion, I think this is a full do over. And so it's hard for me to... And I read that over and over that the one guy had done it. I I find that hard to believe, to be honest with you. It would have been a miracle. That a guy could... There's, there's a lot this, of animation in this. Yeah, that a guy could get this done and release it in late 95, early 96. Uh, and so... that Because it only came out in its entirety. So there, I don't know what they would have... Now, that, that much said the art. There's a lot of... There's a lot of art in it that's identical. And the characters look identical. So the only thing... The only thing I could see really that was a major difference was the was the backgrounds, the effects, the scrolling, something like that. But I mean, that still would be a you're talking a, a, a rewrite on the way the backgrounds work, you know. Plus yeah. the whole thing with the moving the uh, moving the bars around, I just can't see it, you know. It it, it baffles me. Uh, we did get a, a review of this uh, from our good buddy Pajaka, who also had to go at it. But Pajaka, by the way, it was instrumental in helping me figure out what to do with this thing because we talked about it early on. Um, Pajaka writes, when I could get this one to work, I found a fairly interesting fighting game, but not one that even touches the underbelly of the greats. There's something oddly familiar about the Akon games, even even though I've never played them before, and this one is no exception. Sign Go Fighter put a lot closer to things like Body Blows on the Amiga, a good range of characters, and it feels playable-ish, although a bit sluggish, but that could be emulation. The special moves that uh, did all feel very samey, all being variations of the same thing, and the enemy characters seemed a little cheap and could seemingly react to any jump attack instantly. But I found myself enjoying it anyway. I discovered whilst looking into the game controls, thanks to Lord Soup, that this game was available on the PC. There you go. Again, here the Akan didn't set the world on fire with its games, but if you had given me one for Christmas back in the day and a bunch of games, including Sago Fighter, I would have been quite happy. Definitely one to check out when the emulation is better or play the PC version. Again, not the King of Fires, but still pretty fun. Six out of ten. He says, P.S., you can get this to work on your main. Sometimes it just refuses to run, so you try. have to try a few times. It's the virtual yeah. equivalent of pulling the card out and blowing the dust out. That's It's <laughs> way worse than that. It's, yeah, it's like blowing yeah. the card out and, and getting a vacuum uh, it's, over and over. It's, no, it's like capping it every time. Yeah. <laughs> every time you want to play it, cap kit. I do want to talk about the fighting AI. Now, I, play, I put this on Brain Dead so I could bust through it. And I did run through this thing, uh, and there are ways you could kind of cheese ball your way. I didn't see anything where I could just like repeatedly uh, beat it, but there was a, the guy I played was the red faced guy, you know, the very first guy that you could select. That's my favorite. He's got this thing. It looks like almost like a Ric Flair front chop, kind of like a woo. And he also has, yeah. a, he has a kick, and he carries his staff with a blade. 
I was gu- I was gunning through suckers with this guy, and I actually liked him. I played him a lot more on the PC version. Of course, you only had the two buttons on there. Uh, but I, I, you're, he's right. They, I mean, they didn't reinvent the wheel when it comes to like making up how the special moves went off, or even what they were. I mean, there was guys doing pile drivers, the sp- dragon punches, fireballs, the old Blanca roll across the screen. You know, nothing. There was nothing that I saw that I was like, "Holy smokes! Why is it? I've, have I seen this before?" Yeah. This just looks like. A, I mean, but I mean, it's a good looking game. And so, if you told me that this had came out in an arcade, or this had been released on like on like the uh, like the Master System, or even the Genesis or Nintendo back in the day, I would have probably bought it for the most part. Especially if you told me it was something from overseas, you know, because you get all kinds of nutty stuff over there. But I mean, I think we ended up playing a couple of the better games. Uh, There's the, no way I would have thought this was on Super Nintendo. Well, I, I didn't say a top tier game, you know. I mean, I think Shaq Fu and stuff got released on there, and I, you know, I think this is a better fighting game than Shaq. It doesn't look as attractive. By the way, I, I priced this game. Uh, I found someone that had sold this complete in box for five hundred eighteen bucks on the uh, for the Super Akon version. However, you can be a cheapo and get the PC demo, which I also saw in sale, complete with its little sheet and a one three and a quarter, a three and a half inch disc, and it was selling for ten bucks. Not too bad, Brent. Ten bucks. Uh, overall, though, what are your thoughts on the old uh, Super Acom, Brent? Uh, I think we, outside of someone translating the RPGs, which I know will never ever happen, uh, I think we've seen the best. I wish it was. I do wish it was emulated better. I think all systems, uh, especially with this one with such an interesting story behind it, deserves to be preserved. And it deserves to be preserved better than it's currently preserved. Uh, of course, I have no ability to do that. But I hope, I hope that at some point down the line, uh, it does get some more love. And I, I would also say I would buy this in a heartbeat. If, uh, but not in eleven or twelve hundred dollars worth of heartbeats, where I can't get any of the games for oh, it. So, no. yeah, I, no I agree. <laughs> I agree. We need a, we need a core for this, and we need one straight away, and that would be top shelf. Right? You know what else is top shelf? Me? You know what it is. Are you kidding me? Way topper than that. I'm talking to our good buddies here at Bam Retro Rewind. There's their piece right there. RetroRewind.ca. So, you know, we go on and on about Frank and the gang up in Canada, but. You can't stop talking about someone who gives you the quality service and the quality prices that Frank gets. You know, I'm a cheap guy, Brent, as you know. I mean, I'm double cheap, brother. I don't Super pay cheap for... guy. You yeah, know, you're garbage. You know Human why, garbage. though? I mean, I'm not stained shirt cheap, but I'm pretty cheap. Uh, and so that's uh, so what I like is getting a good deal at a fair price. And if you shop at RetroRewind.ca... And if you'll just browse through the uh, pages and pages of fine products, one thing you'll notice is that the prices, they don't gouge you up there, man. They're giving you a good deal and stuff. Everything is fair. Their shipping prices are fair, and they're quick. The turnaround is fast. Frank will not only sell you parts for your various Commodore machines, your TRS-80 color computers, but he will also sell you repair parts, diagnostic tools, he will sell you SD card solutions and multi-card solutions. He'll also take care of you in terms of uh, recapping services. He'll take care of you in terms of repairing your old machines. Just pop the motherboard. You know, Aaron. Yeah. When you you 
when you're out there and you're playing your stuff, right? Yeah. We both have cats. You know? Yeah, eventually, I do. Eventually, one of your cats is going to go boom zoo on, your, on one of your old pieces of hardware, and you're not going to fix it. You're an idiot. Too lazy. Ship it up to Frank. Ship it up to Frank. He'll get it in good shape for you. Ship it back to you. You're good to go. You yes, can't sir. be mad at the cat. It didn't know what it was doing. That's true. So, please, that's RetroRewind.ca. Give Frank a shot one time, and I guarantee you, you'll be back many times in the future. Now, speaking of the future, Brent, it's time to unveil the wheel for this week. Now, uh, Brent, we have added an interesting piece this week. And I, this is one of my bits here. I, I'm not going to lie. I've dulged myself. I'm going to put a piece on here that's called What Games Killed Midway? The beloved manufacturer of arcade machines and home console games like Midway, a huge towering company that fell to its knees and was utterly destroyed by its own incompetence. And if that wheel piece comes up, we'll be just playing a couple games that we think killed the company, Brent. Should be a lot of fun. Also, our uh, Retro Rewind piece this week, the ever-popular, we've mentioned it on the show, it's the Neo Geo, Brent. And I'll, oh, wow. yeah, you got I'll be joining the honors today for the wheel here, Brent. So let me get this thing in position. Are you ready, the Brent? Yep. And spin it like a man. And spin chat, chat, spin by. Stand by in case we need you. Here we go. Ugh. There we go. Good spin, I think. That was and, a horrible spin. Oh, no. It was you good. Suck. Oh, look at that. And it's like magic. Bam! It picked the piece that I put in. Games that killed Midway. Brent, what do you think about that, my friend? That's a lucky spin, dude. I think dude. you rigged the wheel. Uh, I think chat should be outraged. How could I rig it? I was holding it, the wheel with one hand and spinning with the other. And so if yeah. I rigged that wheel, it got real obscene real quick. Let's just put it that way, <laughs> my friend. So, so next week, that's what we'll be playing. The games that killed Midway, Brent. Now, we will be back at our normal live time for those catching us live next week, correct? Well, we don't no, know. We don't know that maybe. yet. Maybe. We may, we, well, I will release, uh, st stop by and make sure, but I'll release it in Discord. I'm not 100% sure yet, Brent. Sorry. <laughs> I will, I will be 100% sure that you're going to get a nice clean shirt to put on next week. That'll be nice. Hey, one thing I want to mention here before we take it to the house is uh, a little thing I like to call the International Computer Club. It's going down October 1st, 2022, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, will be your hookup for all your International Computer Club needs. You know, Brent, uh, around the world, there are people that don't have access to a computer club of their own. They're not so fortunate like we are to have the Taze Valley Classic Computer Club where you all sit around and eat chips and dip and play uh, old PlayStation games. They don't have access to these things. And so that was the birth of the International Computer Club. We want this to be a, a computer club that everyone can join because our membership fees are zero and our and our membership requirements are nil. I mean, we got this guy in. We got him. It won't take anyone. All you got to do is go over to our Discord, the International Computer Club. There's a, there's a document pinned to the top. Just click on that pin. And you can add yourself uh, as a as a someone to do a demonstration or a speaker or submit a video. Literally, we will take anything. You want to show off your collection of computers or arcade machines? You can do it. You want to talk about your latest programming feats? You can do it. Anything you want to talk about is fair game as long as it's somewhere in the realm of classic computing and, and video games. And even that's a little shaky. We're pretty much prepared for about anything. 
So please uh, set your uh, your reminders for October first, six p.m. It should be a good time, and that will be available for everyone on uh, Twitch. And if you're interested in sending uh, or becoming a part of the show, you can send me an email at argpresents.com if you are not a Discord member, and we will hook you up. I think that's all we got. But any final thoughts? I would like to thank our our lovely crew that is in the live chat right now coming to to help us out on an an off day uh being in chat with us always nice to see. Yes, thank you everybody for coming down uh, on a weird night. It's weird for everybody. Uh but uh I, I had a good time, Brent. I feel alive. I feel alive for the first time. Let's get out of here. That's a super acon. We hope you enjoyed it and we will catch you again next week. Brother ARG presents. Until then, sayonara, suckers. Ah. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. A special thank you to Duck and Styles for our vector style graphics and Bartbit for our amazing music. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning? You can do so at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Dryerlent, 17, Theron Garut, Templar Mar, Z9K9, Jerry Dennington, John Dykeman, Retroalogy, Airshack, Texas Foosballer, Sundown, O-Rom, Super Tech Boy, David Terrence, Mr. B, Roushy, Graham, W. Betke, Dave, Velociraptor, Bernhardt Lucas, Steve Rathmason, Anthony Jarvis, Bitter Blitter, Pajaco 6502, Kevin Bean, Andy Jones, Andy Craig, Rob Flack O'Hara, Jason Warns, Mitsuyama, Chris Foles, Frodo NL, The Slow Norris, Terry Howard, Olaf Hope, and Rolo. They all have access to our Discord channel, their name called out in the credits, and visualized in the ending scene. Have an idea for a wheel piece? You can send it to us at argpresents at mail.com.